Welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind, a show dedicated to the love of animation and feeling like a kid again. So let's go back in time to when cats defended Third Earth. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. I am the terror that flaps in the night. And knowing was half the battle. Yo, yo! Let's go back with Saturday Morning Rewind and your host, Tim Nidell. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind, the podcast that takes you back to your childhood one interview at a time. Please find me on Facebook, just type in Saturday Morning Rewind. Find me on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Saturday Rewind. And of course, find us online, SaturdayMorningRewind.com. Today's interview, I have the very talented Marilyn Lightstone joining me today. She was the voice of Alice Mitchell and Martha Wilson on Dennis the Menace, the cartoon from the 80s. She also voiced Grandma and Sonia on Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats, one of my favorite underrated cartoons of all time. She was featured in the heavy metal cartoon animated movie, but for me, she will always be known as Crasher from GoBots. Allow me the honor, Psykill. Psykill is a GoBot of his word. Only if you could come over to our side, Leader One, we could make a glorious team, you and I, don't you think? Of course, please check out our Patreon campaign if you want to help us out financially. Monthly donations start at only $2 a month, and that would really help out. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. You'll find the YouTube tab on our website, SaturdayMorningRewind.com, along with the Patreon tab, by the way. I remember coming up this July... Thursday, July 13th at 6 p.m. in downtown Disney in Anaheim. We'll be doing the fan get-together for Saturday Morning Rewind. So come meet me, come meet other fellow cartoon lovers out there. And I finally know exactly where we're going to be meeting for the get-together. So, if you go to the Lego store in downtown Disney in Anaheim, right next to the Lego store there's a gigantic Beauty and the Beast Lego statue. I'll be standing right next to that. Just look for a tall six foot four-ish guy wearing a Saturday Morning Rewind t-shirt, and that'll be me. Hopefully, because if somebody else is standing there, you know, six foot four wearing the shirt, it's gonna be kind of kind of weird. <laughs> Anyways, hope to see every one of you there. I'll be handing out some Saturday Morning Rewind pins that I had custom made that are gorgeous, and it's gonna be a fun time. So hope to see you guys then. Thursday, July 13th, 6 p.m., right next to the Lego store. But I guess that's about it for all the plugs for this episode. And now here is my interview with Marilyn Lightstone. What was your introduction to voiceover? Well, you know, I've done a lot of voiceovers in terms of straight, like uh, narrations, uh, commercial voiceovers, etc. But I was so keen to do uh, animated stuff. And um, most of my early career was spent here in Toronto. And I, I quickly found out that the animation world is kind of a little bit of a private club. You're yes. either a member of the club or you're not a member <laughs> of the club. So in Toronto, I could never get to be a member of the club for whatever reasons. I mean, I was a dramatic actress, whatever. I certainly, I was not part of the cartoon world. Then I went down to L.A., and the guy who was sort of running, um, oh gosh, the big, big animation company, um, yikes, Heathcliff. Um, oh, Yeah. No, um, Scooby-Doo, all those things. Hanna-Barbera. Hanna-Barbera, yep. Hanna-Barbera. Mm-hmm. The guy who was running Hanna-Barbera used to work at Lincoln Center. 
uh, the theater in New York, and I performed at Lincoln Center several times. So I knew uh, Gordon Hunt was his name. He's the yes. actress's yes. dad. Yes. So I knew him. And so I kind of had a little bit of, of an in, but I probably just went to say hi. This is a long time ago. And found out that Hanna-Barbera, unlike any of the other animation companies at the time, and we're talking beginning of the 80s, um, they did um, a kind of an annual or semi-annual kind of tryout period, audition period, where you, you know, your agent would send, set up an appointment, and you went in and they'd give you a number of, of, uh, of figures for which you'll be doing the voices, and then they would tape it, kind of audition tape sort mm -hmm. of thing. So uh, I got lucky. The folks at, uh, it was a gal named Ginny McSween, I remember, and she was doing casting for Hanna-Barbera, and she, she liked what she heard, and she put me to work. <laughs> and uh, it was such an, an eye-opener. It was such fun. I mean, and because I, I, I think animation, doing animation is really like a training school for actors. And uh, you just have to be prepared to work very, very quickly from, you know, very small amount of information and come up with a performance almost on the spot. Um, as it happened, Hanna-Barbera used to have a reading of whatever show when we were doing GoBots or, or any of the shows. There'd be a long, long table and all the performers and the director would sit around the table and we'd do a read-through. And then there'd be notes from the director, just like you do for, you know, TV drama or, or a theater rehearsal. But when I went to do Heathcliff the Cat and Dennis the Menace uh, and those things for Deke Animation, we were such a tight-knit little group, and we knew each other so well and trusted each other that we wouldn't even rehearse. Wow. We would just kind of record right off the top and, uh, you know, just look at it, you know, kind of read it to yourself, whatever, then just come in just right off the top. And it was such a, a thrill, really, to be able to put all your acting skills to work in, in that particular way. And especially when you're working with people you know and you trust, they're going to pick up the ball. You need other, you know, other performers who think the way you do. Exactly. And to pick it up. So it's kind of not improvisational, of course, because everything's strictly timed in animation to work out, you know, with the image they're going to come up with. But um, I had a, a, a great time and uh, worked for many years with some wonderful people, including the late Phil Hartman. Yes, he was yes. Um, Dennis's dad. Yeah. played a number of that. And he was amazing. You know, it, it, shortly after that, he went to New York, and that had a, a, a terribly tragic thing happen. Of course, he's now no longer with us. But yeah. uh, again, he t truly was a, a great um, voiceover genius. And um, also to be in the same show, like Heathcliff the Cat. Heathcliff was uh, done by the guy, oh, he... Mel Blank. Mel Blank. So even though he recorded on his own, okay. you know, he didn't come to, re to record with all the rest of us. I guess he was just too old at that time, and just they wanted to make it as easy as possible for him. So he'd do all this stuff by himself. But the, uh, to, to know that I was in a series, you know, in which <laughs> the, the great Mel Blank had a part is... Uh, thrills me a lot. Yeah, really. seriously. And um, what else kind of were highlights? Um, it, it all was with the, the, the acting community. I think those that started to happen during my, my last few years before I, I, I left L.A. and went to New York was that um, it was just the beginning of a period where suddenly movie stars were being cast. Yeah. Movie star, they wanted yeah. movie star voices for either just for commercial voiceovers, and they certainly wanted them for animated films and, and whatever. Maybe television, too, I'm not quite sure. But suddenly, it was a big change, I remember, in L.A., because 
Am I talking too much? Do you, are there questions no, this is perfect. No, this is perfect. Keep going, please. Oh, okay. So um, there were people in L.A., again, their names don't come readily to mind. It's been a law. But they were the preeminent voice actors for all the animated stuff in the city. And, you know, they would just be booked. They wouldn't audition for anything. They, just pe- they were as known as the terrific people. And that's all that they did. They didn't do anything live. They weren't on the theater. They weren't in the movies. Their faces were never seen. But their voices, which were not cast because they sounded one way, they were cast because they could sound like anything. You know, whereas the actors are hired to hide to sound like themselves yeah, yeah. in the movies. So suddenly, kind of a whole echelon of people in the voiceover business and, and the animation business certainly kind of changed overnight in a way which I think is so unfair. Um, unfair to the artists because that was their specialty. You know, the movie stars certainly don't need the, the money that they're going to get from it. They don't earn a living from that. It just suddenly, the whole ball game changed, and um, uh, not for the better, I think. No. Although, I, you know, I guess maybe, you know, people are marketing movies, and TV is all about marketing, and if they get name actors to do the voices, maybe they sell more tickets. I don't know. But it was kind of the end of an era for me. Anyway, eventually, um, I came back to Toronto, where my basic home really is, and uh, and again, uh, couldn't get arrested in the voice department. It's <laughs> <laughs> hysterical. Whereas some of the things that, you know, is in, like heavy metal, for example, yes. and all the deep stuff, this all came about because these were uh, companies that had uh, arrangements with Canada and, and France, in one case, for, for deep. And uh, heavy metal, I can't remember, was a Canadian producer. So they look for people in L.A., as well as Toronto and Vancouver, Canadians who will work under a Canadian contract because that's the way they can afford to, you know, to kind of bankroll it. Okay. So uh, that's how heavy metal was. I remember going to an L.A. studio to record that. It was such fun. I just enjoy, I love being able to, you know, do voices for characters that I, I would never be cast in, you know, kind of in a play or in a movie or a TV show. Something so completely wild and, and different and um, spontaneous and um, just tremendously liberating, I think. So that's why I say I think it's a great training for young actors to have to think fast, you know, and not do the sort of kind of uh, the method technique of acting with, oh, how I'm going to say this and what's the background of the character and all the stuff that actors that we do to ourselves when we're playing what we consider our important roles and whatever it is. But in cartoons, there's no time for that. So you just, you kind of, you just let yourself go and wing it. And it gives you a, a freedom to... Uh, do things that you'd never come up with otherwise, you know, if you had to think about it. And such, such fun. And um, certainly in terms of, you know, the American stuff, it continues to amaze me that uh, 35 years later, you know, I get residual checks from SAG, you know, for Inspector Gadget wow. or, or Donald Duck or some whatever. It's extraordinary. I mean... The postage costs three dollars and twenty-five cents, and the check is for one dollar and twenty-four cents or sixty-four cents. But still, it's it's such fun. It's such fun. It's yeah. a reminder, a reminder of other days, other times. Let's talk about GoBots, a show that I still love today. I've been watching it a lot recently. That's what made me want to reach out to you was because my daughter, who's four years old, it's now become her favorite cartoon of all time. Isn't that interesting? Because yeah. we were in such a battle, you know, as a time with Transformers and Transformers yes, yes. won out, which could have made us all very rich, actually, if we'd been with 
sense for me. Yeah, seriously. But again, that was wonderful, too. And again, we did the, the thing kind of sitting around. And Gordon Hunt was the director. And we'd sit around the big table and, you know, go through the script, and there'd be notes and uh, a lot of, again, heavy-duty um, L.A. voice people that I was talking about earlier, the ones who made their living mm-hmm. and were very good at what they do and much in demand were in that cast. And for me, it was just terrific because I got to be crazy and yes, you know yes. maniacal, which is not the way I'm usually cast. Today. It's funny. It's funny because the, the very first time you see Crasher on the screen, you just hear her crazy laugh. That's the first thing you hear. I <laughs> <laughs> well, I had very young lungs in those days, so yeah, I manage. But I remember it was it was it was kind of a it was physically demanding to be that horrible and awful yeah. and mean and vicious but, yeah no it, but it was it was great fun and and mostly you know in a kind of thing like that it's uh it's almost familial in the way these things happen you know everybody nobody there you know everybody there in the cast and the, the team feels confident of what they do they're there and this they're just allowed to do it no one is sitting in judgment no one's waiting to be critical they're uh you trust each other you have fun um, it's a very ensemble kind of thing. Other than the Mr. Blank thing, which I said he recorded on his own, mm-hmm. but usually it's an ensemble thing. It's like a big improvisation in a way because yeah. you work so fast. Yeah, exactly. But uh, no, we enjoyed GoBots a lot, and um, I even got invited to some kind of comic conference, kind of whatever, which <laughs> to sort of be because of my character in GoBots, which was uh, interesting because it was I think it was a tra- actually big Transformers. Wow. kind of gathering at some hotel kind of out here in the West End of Toronto. And they paid me a lot of money. I was amazed. Wow. And the, the, the fans that came, too, to the event, I was just just flabbergasted mm-hmm. at how many people's minds, like memories go back that far and what the shows meant to them. And, of course, arriving in costume and bringing all the various toys and gadgets and having you sign them. They would want signatures. And I remember signing things that were so tiny, like it was practically impossible. You know, one of the little <laughs> go-bots. Toys, little action figure, yeah. It's difficult to get one signature up. <laughs> but um, people seemed so happy to be there and so involved. And uh, we also got a little onstage presentation we got to do where we did another version, I think, of um, um, an animation series. We sort of did it live in front of the audience that was there. I kind of remember, was it something already a new thing or not? But... That was fun, too, and there were uh, voice people there from all over the continent, really. Some had come up from the States, from New York, from L.A., and we got to meet each other, and um, nice, very Mm -hmm. nice. Was that your first and only convention so far? Yes, yes. Um, I enjoyed it the first time. I I don't know if I really have the time. Yeah. Although, again, as I say, they paid me very handsomely. I won't (laughs) deny that. It was very nice. So, So who knows? Who knows? But um, I did enjoy it. But that was that was my first one. Yeah, I, was, I don't think Dennis the Menace has any conventions. <laughs> no, they they should. It's it was a great show. They should. It was a great show, wasn't it? Yeah, no, I love that show. I'll tell you a funny story. Yeah, uh, you know the the voices were done in, in L.A., but with Canadian actors. But the animation itself was being done. I think it was being done in Korea, mm-hmm. either Korea or China, one or the other. And the animation stuff would be well, I don't know how much close contact, you know, one had on the other, the people who did the actual drawing or the people in L.A. who directed the voices, but the first um, visuals that came back were all had slanty eyes. Hmm. All the dentists wow. and his character, but with slanty, because it's just an instinctive thing, I yeah. think, for, you know, Oriental artists, who, that's their stock standard character. 
So um, the con- cartoon world, I think, is pretty conservative, you know, in, in the c- things like Dennis the Menace and whatnot. So uh, it got back, you know, and they worked on it again, and it came back, and it was changed. But it was kind of interesting that that's what happened at the beginning. Yeah, no, that's really cool. That's a really cool fun fact. Yeah. It's nice to think that things have a life, you know, the stuff. It doesn't fade away. And I'm, I'm, I'm often amazed, really, when I, um, when I get um, emails from people who either seen a car- who've seen a cartoon or whatever and remembered how they put the two together. I don't know. But um, nice, nice having those connections. I keep using that nice, that word nice. I don't usually use it all that a lot. <laughs> it's supposed to be our Canadian word. But anyway, here I am using it a lot to you. However, just trying to get over the fact that uh, that whole part of my life was just um, a really very pleasurable. And I remember I finally uh, decided to return home to Toronto, to my base home in Toronto, and my partner who lives here. And because I, you know, I was very successful in that world, but I thought I didn't come to Los Angeles to be in cartoons to do cartoon voices. That's not enough of a reason mm-hmm. for me to away from my, my family and my, you know, my oldest friends and family, especially family and my partner. So um, I decided to leave. But uh, it was a bit of a sacrifice because um, it was good. It was a good life. But I see you're definitely keeping busy. I went to your website, and you are an author, a painter, radio host, actress, and films, TV animation, and theater. I mean, what don't you do? Though I'm sure there are lots of things that we can we can try. Like I'm trying to learn how to play the piano for a zillion years, and I just can't seem to get past <laughs> a certain point. But um, no, in all those things I don't do simultaneously. I kind of live my life in certain periods. Okay, like, uh, that makes sense. You know, for example, I, I closed my studio about four years ago and gave all my my um, inventory to one of the hospitals here in Toronto, St. Joseph's Hospital. And um, let's see, photography too is kind of a, at the moment. I'm doing my my radio hosting stuff, my my radio show. And voicing, and I also do the all the promos for Vision TV, so that kind of is, is part of the slot. And developing a show for a TV based on the old hit parade songs, but I uh, don't know where that'll go. So I kind of usually have a you know I'd like to write another book, but uh, at the moment you know the kind of the visual art thing is in very much in the background. Although I miss it, I might just you know do a few easy things this mm-hmm. summer outside, work outside. But, uh, no, those are the things I did when I was a kid. I like to do all those things, and I've sort of been able to uh, do them as an adult. And uh, always loved radio. That's why the animation thing, you know, is so... Yeah, it just makes sense. still love doing... You can get my radio show in Vancouver. It's on the... uh, You can either get our app. We've got an app that you can listen anywhere or go to the website and uh and, and i think and it's time related so in vancouver i'm on uh eight to ten yeah see i actually I, I i tuned in last night i tried to listen to you last night oh, i good. think i think i was 10 minutes late though with the time difference i didn't hear you but i heard the classical music playing okay <laughs> uh, well, that might have been the end of the show exactly. perhaps we play yeah. that yeah we, we played the top of uh rock of symphony number two at the top and then at the bottom again but uh, I, I enjoy that. Again, uh, I decided to do poetry. I thought, I thought, I don't think I can do a show in which I spend all my time either saying what you're going to hear and who you're going to hear it by and then commenting after what you just heard was, and I, thought, I think I would go bananas. So at first I started to kind of sneak a little poetry in every now and then, but not to draw attention to it too mm-hmm. much yeah. as a, a switch from the format. But finally I realized that this is silly. You know, this is a classical music and poetry show, and 
I mean, you're probably going to do seven poems, one long one and several short, you know, ones or medium ones during the course of the evening. So I don't uh, try to hide it anymore. And um, it's it's a fun thing to do with this. Now I've been doing kind of uh, uh, special nocturnes rather than the ones that can be, you know, played any night of the week, any time of the year. Mm-hmm. I, I did some. I did one for Christmas. Did one for New Year's. Did one for Mozart's birthday. Did one for Valentine's Day. I'm going to do ones for Chopin's birthday and Bach's birthday and who else? It was one more. Uh, and for St. Patrick's Day. And um, so it's kind of, you know, I like doing the, um, like getting the background stuff and trying to dig up stuff that people might not know. I, in other words, I like for music, a music station, really. Some people just like to listen to the music and really don't want to hear me talk and say anything. But other people sort of seem to enjoy the value-added stuff is what I think of it. Because yeah. I know that's what I always like listening to, you know. But not only the music, but the background, the period, or the, or the something about the artist. So um, I figure if anyone doesn't like that much information and just wants music, they can turn to the satellite and exactly. they can get that. <laughs> It's available, you know. All you can do, you can turn off. You have the freedom, turn off your radio. But uh, I've I've enjoyed that part of it, and uh, of course, retaining all that information is something else. Again, it's like I try to remember all the things that I've learned during the course of the research. Which, which now, again, I don't know if I would have wanted to do this ten years ago, when you'd had looking up everything and getting oh, I know. background information. I know. It was such. Oh, I'm sure you must come in. Yes. This. Yes. So I mean, getting background stuff. I mean, I was never one for going to the library and looking stuff <laughs> up. Okay. You know, I like having it instantaneously available. And you can then, you know, make, either print it out or email it to yourself, which is what I usually do. I kind of I, I kind of prowl around on the Internet, and then the stuff that I like, I email my to myself. I'm going to highlight it so that when I'm writing the show, I can just go back and refer to all this stuff. And it's just amazing how much is out there because uh, it would be expensive, and uh, time-consuming to uh, to do all this otherwise. And uh, anyway, I like having the you know having a radio presence. It was always uh, I grew up on radio, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Canada didn't get TV until I was about what I think 1952 or something. I was 11 or 12 years old when, when TV came to Canada. So I grew up on the radio and on Voices, and Voices have always been very meaningful. I'd like to actually to uh, to speak about the voice and the power of the voice and the fact that um, I have done on a couple of occasions. Every now and then I keep thinking I would like to give lessons to female politicians and especially women who are out there in the world and teach them how to use their voice, you know, to give them authority. Yes, and, uh, yes. Not to sound like 10-year-olds. Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah, we definitely need oh, that these days. Oh, I, when I, sometimes I cringe, I hear the news, and it's, it's, it's a cabinet minister talking, or it's a doctor talking, it's someone in authority, you know, and I thought they sound like they're 10, why I know. I listen to them, you know? Yeah, it's, it's going downhill when it comes to that kind of stuff. I know, I kind of a bit of a, it's one of my, uh, <laughs> one of my things, so forgive me for going off. <laughs> no, that's perfectly fine. I can totally a, understand. Well, I think, you know, when we leave our houses, again, uh, perhaps women more than men, everyone thinks about, you know, what they're wearing, how do I look, is my hair combed, are my hands clean, are my fingernails clean? No one ever thinks about what they sound like. And I think when you're, someone new comes into your life, or you go into someone else's life, or a group, or, you know, a company, or whatnot, that you're part of, what you sound like is part of the whole parcel. So it's kind of like being cast in a cartoon. Your voice yeah. is cast for that yeah. character. And uh, if you look like that character, fine. But if you know, if you um, 
if you want to be looked at as a character of authority and as someone important, as someone intelligent, sound like it, you know, sound mature, sound as if you can be trusted. Anyway, I'm going on. No, that's a great Sorry analogy. to keep you, Tim. No, it's perfectly fine. You know, my, my four-year-old daughter would be very upset if I didn't tell you that she says hi. <laughs> oh, how great. <laughs> what does she watch? Uh, GoBots. Oh, go! Oh, go! Yep, oh, it's her favorite. She's a fan of Green Gables or something. Nope, nope. She, it's, it's her favorite cartoon now. And I'm not lying when I say that Psykill and Crasher are her two favorite characters. <laughs> well, tell her, tell her that I'm really that, not that mean and horrible. Okay. <laughs> okay, I definitely okay. will. I definitely will. And well, fun- maybe you shouldn't. I don't know. Maybe you'll let her down. <laughs> the funny thing is, she actually wants me to do a GoBot's birthday party for her in May. So will the other kids your age know what the, the, the series? That None whatsoever. About? At least, at least the kids she hangs out with. I don't think they will. But I'm gonna do it because I'll know what it is and she'll know what it How is. Wild. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, oh. she 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 loves the cartoons that I grew up with because <laughs> I don't play anything else for my kids. I have three girls, and I don't ever show them anything else. If they find other things on TV, then they find it. But for me, it's all 80s and 70s, and 90s cartoons. Yeah. Well, how did you get involved in all this? And the the show that I do, yeah. Well, um, let's see. About five years ago, it, it started off kind of sad. My my father passed away, and I, we were pretty much like really close best friends growing up, and even throughout my twenties and early thirties. And I just went back and reflected on my childhood, and I was like, you know what? I love these shows so much. I love watching them again because it reminds me how great my childhood was how great my dad was and i just started doing the show and it was almost like therapy to me to talk to these voices that i grew up with to hear them talk well, to me you know it is the sound what we listen to it's the soundtrack of our lives mm-hmm. and i know the kids and i see are plugged in constantly they're constantly listening to something i guess that's the soundtrack of their life when i don't share it really exactly yeah but the soundtrack of my life are, are kind of also going back and um, the th- this thing I'm doing, this pilot that I'm putting together about the hit parade songs of all time, the all-time classic hit parade, are really based on the Great American Song and also the hit songs from the hit parade of the times when I was an adolescent and then a teenager and then a young adult. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's kind of late 40s, early 50s. And early, really, by the end of the 50s, the music kind of changed. So, uh, you know, for me, that's the soundtrack of my life. And... One of the reasons why I wanted to do this this TV show about it because uh, I don't think think the songs are heard often enough in a context where it it gives that you know reminds us of the fact that these are our memories you know these this is our youth and our childhood exactly and, uh, exactly it, it's it's it it feels good to go back and you know to get together also two of the other people who they share that experience and. Um, we can sing the same songs. We all know the lyrics. And uh, I don't know the new ones, you know, because I don't know the new shows, but I know that the kids can sing it with their parents, too, and I'm sure you do that with your kids. Too bad we don't want to be good songs and GoBots. That's true. It's true. There was no GoBot <laughs> theme song. You know, actually, maybe if they'd had a theme song, maybe you would have beat the Transformers. Yes, there you go. And I have to say that I love both of them just about the same, Transformers and GoBots. So I don't know why people are always comparing the two. <laughs> they are. Well, because one kind of made it big and the other Exactly. Didn't. You know, I, I still say nowadays that I think a live-action GoBots movie would be very popular, as popular as, as the uh, Transformers. You could be right. 
You could be right. Could be very expensive, though. Exactly. Well, mind you, with computer-generated stuff now, maybe it wouldn't be. Maybe it wouldn't be. Well, do you know any kind of animation types, any artists, cartoon artists, or rather any people that might be able to uh, do the live action or any producers? or Possibly. I, I possibly might. I made some friends over the years, so oh. who knows? You know, call in, call in your chips. Exactly, because I, like, yeah. I think it would do great because it's people my age nowadays who are in charge of Hollywood and, and make those kind of movies. It's fans. You, know, you could even do it as a musical. Oh, that oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> do it as a musical. That seems to be the return of the musical. I don't know if there are too many. Well, you know, all the animations with music are all kind of kid-oriented. They're not yeah. go-butts-like stuff. But yeah. do it as a musical and invite me to the premiere. There you go. That's my goal in life right there. There you go. <laughs> All right, Marilyn. I wish you luck. Did you have anything else that you wanted to promote or talk about? Any uh, your website or anything? Oh gosh. Uh, well, actually, I'd like to sort of promote my 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 radio show, which uh, as I say, we've got an app for ninety six point three. But if anyone goes to classical um, classic nine six three FM, I think it'll lead you to the website, and from there you can either listen live. I'm on in the Eastern um, time between eleven and one earlier, of course, and you're in BC. But um, the uh, the app is terrific. You can listen to us anywhere in in the world. You can just get it for free. Perfect. So that's good. And if anyone is curious about what I'm doing, or have done, because I haven't updated it, it's uh, I'm at um, www. I think it's MarilynLightstone dot com. So if you're curious, there's bits and pieces of this, that, and the other, and some animation stuff actually. I mean, we included some animation stuff on my on my website. Mm-hmm. I think it was the guest time on Madeline, and I was playing someone whose earrings, my special earrings. I was an actress, and I couldn't go on without my special earrings. Sort of. Anyway, with that was it's on there with a bunch of other stuff. Perfect. And I'll put. I don't know. I'll put all the links. I hope on... people are too busy with their own lives that they don't have to yes. look at mine. But it could be interesting. <laughs> I'll put all the links on the on our uh, website, too, so people can oh, check that out, too. That's terrific. Okay. All right, Marilyn, this has been terrific. Um, can you do the voice of Crasher at all to close out the interview, or is that too much? Well, you know, I don't remember the speaking voice, but yeah. probably would have been something very hard. I don't know. I don't remember how deep it was. but And the laugh is really... <laughs> That? That's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Marilyn. Thank you so much for your time. Glad I didn't have to think too much in advance about that one. Okay, Tim. All the best to you. Thanks for listening to that Saturday Morning Rewind. Please check them out on Facebook and Twitter. And that's all, folks.